Welcome to Under the Hoodies, a great day in the sports world for a number of reasons, um, but first let me say hello to Tony. Tony, how are you, buddy? Billy Boy, what is up, my man? I am fantastic. I was watching a little playoff hockey before we started the show, a little Washington Capitals, Toronto Maple Leafs. Dude, I, can I tell you how much I'm loving the single life? I watched three to four NBA or NHL games every night for maybe the last five days in a row. Dude, I'm in sports heaven right now. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Um, I had a nice dinner. We went to uh, Chili's. It was lovely. Oh, and, God, I love uh, me some Chili's. Oh, man, it's so good. Although they did sort of screw me on the queso. I thought I was getting, like, Moe's-like queso. I'm like, well, if Moe's has great queso, Chili's must have great queso. Didn't even look remotely the same. It was like brown like diarrhea color and oh. um where Moe's is like a nice uh, white creamy it's very uh it's very pleasant not only to the eye but to the palate as well yeah and, i wonder uh, if they let oxygen get to it because i learned that uh if you don't cover the quack properly and oxygen gets into it it does turn more like a brownish color this is queso oh queso oh they said guac my bad Oh, man, uh, we're going to have to listen sorry. back to the tape. Maybe I did say guac. I definitely meant queso. So, uh, uh, but yeah. I'm hungry as hell. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Let's. Oh, let's you just... mentioned Mo's, though. I told yeah. you the game-changing app, the uh, Mo's oh, app, where you can man. order it from your phone. I wish they were a sponsor. Dude. Oh, me too. Dude, who cares? Who doesn't love Mo's? Welcome to Mo's! If you don't love Mo's, you're a terrorist. Get out of this country. You're yeah, you can GTFO out of this damn country. Go yeah. back to Mexico but where they don't have Moe's. I'm suggesting to everyone, go download the Moe's app. You can order and pay for your Moe's on the phone. When Moe's Monday comes around and you walk into that place and there's a line out the door in, in Camillus, where I am now, you walk to the front of the line, say, hey, I've got an order. My name's Tony. They hand you your bag. You walk out the door and you're on your way and you're back home in five minutes eating that delicious Delicious home record burrito. It, it's plus they give you points. You, I think if you spend like a hundred bucks, you get a free burrito. Which you know the way I go to Moe's, I'll, I'll have that done by next Tuesday. Oh, they'll give you a damn franchise as much as you go to Moe's. Oh my um, god, let's go, dude! I, you know what? I really wish they were a sponsor. I'm not even gonna lie. I would pay them just to sponsor us, just because I love that place so much. It's it's easily the best fast food place on the planet. Like if anyone says anything different. Just take a warm hand right to the side of their fucking head because they're wrong. Incredibly wrong. Moe's is delicious. If you have any problems with uh, Moe's, you can find me on Twitter at Bill K. Eagle or find Tony on Twitter at TonyQs44 or say some shit on the, sh on the uh, show's Twitter at Under the Hoodies. Yeah. And it, and this goes out to, to Beach, my boy Beach, because he's a huge Chipotle guy. Screw Chipotle. Oh, enjoy your Ebola virus, Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Can't get they yeah, don't even give you no, chips with it. The chips cost no, extra. There's no eyebrow extra. salons in quarantine, bro. Don't oh even get out of my face with that Chipotle, Chipotle garbage. Right your back door. Chipotle you. doesn't even have a queso. Like, yeah. you know my daughter's middle name is actually queso. Is it now? That's yeah, it's Avery queso. Yeah. That's, that's amazing to me. Yeah, it's Avery queso. Well, I get pretty dark in the summer. Avery Queso Kegel, man, it's that's her that's her name. Hey, speaking of her, we're actually going to get into some sports talk at some point during this show. Sure. So, um, I'm pretty sure Avery was trying to kill me and cash in on my life insurance because, uh, all right, let me set the stage for you. I was going to wait to tell this story. I even debated about not telling it, but it's too good not to tell. So, my daughter, you know, I, I have I know people that hate this, but I'm going to just say it. She's 22 months old, right? She's just under two years old. She's, she still breastfeeds from Bill, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a lactivist, you know. So, um, 
So she's feeding me goldfish. I'm looking up something on my phone. I'm I'm you know looking for an email, and I'm I'm just sitting there, and you know Avery's feeding me goldfish. She's like goldfish, goldfish. So I'm like yeah yeah all right, and then uh, yeah she slips a freaking nickel in there. I bite down at it. I you know you know that like moment when you're like confused like for you're like what what's happening that's different right now that's unexpected that's the exact look i had i bit down on this thing i did not chip a tooth somehow gap is still intact and i look at her she starts dying laughing so not only am i raising a sociopath i'm also raising a maniac in in the very clinical sense of the word maniac because she did find it quite amusing that her father almost broke his tooth and or jaw on a damn nickel. Not to mention I could have swallowed the nickel and died. Um, got a lot lodged in my windpipe. That wouldn't have been good. And I don't know if anybody saw the episode of Family Guy where Peter ate a bunch of nickels, but he went blind. So that's a possibility also. So I, I have no idea, but she thought it was hilarious. I'm somehow, um, I think a hit was put out on me by my wife. And I think they put the 22 month old because she, you can't prosecute her. So I don't know, man. All I know is that, uh, that I'm, I'm really fearful to uh, be around her now. You just didn't get it stuck up in the gap tooth there. You know who you are? You are the Jack Warinsky of podcasting. Do you know who Jack Warinsky is? No, please enlighten me. Jack Warinsky is that Columbus Blue Jacket who took a puck up to the face the other day in that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if you guys haven't seen the video of that, I highly suggest going to YouTube. The man took a puck to the eye. And he was wearing a visor. Somehow went underneath the visor, got lodged in, and just destroyed this dude. Blood all over the ice. Somehow, they don't call a stoppage of play. They let it go on. Pittsburgh scores a goal. But go YouTube that video and then look at the picture of that guy after. And amazingly, he got stitches, went back into the game. Didn't play in overtime, the only reason being that his eye swelled to the point where it was almost shut completely. But yes, Bill, you are the Zach Rowinski of podcasting. You play through the pain, and I appreciate that, sir. Yeah, this is on Monday. I've had a few days to heal. I didn't I I mean if we were doing the podcast that night, I definitely wouldn't have uh I definitely wouldn't have been able to podcast. You, you'd be doubtful for the second half. Well, it's not even the physical pain, it's the emotional pain that my my two year old is 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 out for me. Like she's out for blood. And uh, I'm, I'm quite, 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 quite worried. So I'm not even sure what my insurance policy is. All I remember is signing some papers and uh, being 10 pounds too heavy to get the uh, the higher life insurance. So I'm not as I'm not worth as much as my wife is dead. Um, definitely worth more dead though. That's for damn sure. I was looking at my pay stub and I was like, you know what? Off an old bill would be a nice little payday for my wife. So uh, you know, I don't blame her. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know, be a little less subtle about it with uh, the, rather than having a two-year-old do your bidding for you. So so if Ashley ever listens to this, which <laughs> uh, I think we have a better chance of executives at ESPN listening to this than my wife, um, just know I see you, bitch. All right. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you know how she will listen to this podcast if you tell her I mentioned, hey, Ashley, nice dead ass, though. Yeah, I know. I should tell her. She she that'll make her never listen to it. So, just yeah. for the record, I've never called my wife a bitch out of anger. Um, just it's out like of that Key and Peele skit where uh, they call their wife a bitch and they check to make sure nobody's around. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, so there's a little bit of a uh, issue on Facebook of why we didn't honor Don Rickles and uh, why we decided to honor Charlie Murphy instead. Every asshole that would ever think that about anybody that has a podcast that thinks they should do something other than what they did can uh, just just get bent. Like, that's it was our choice. Like, why would we honor a 90 year old man that died? 90 year olds die all the time. 57 year old guys that seemingly are in perfect health don't ever mention their leukemia that die sort of unannounced, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, he was 90% of the 18 to 35 market doesn't know who Don Rickles is, let's be honest. And that's no, kind of what I we're hitting on. I know him as Billy Sherbert from the movie Casino. That's all I know him as, really. He's the insult guy. He says some racist shit because he's old and he can get away with it to Alonzo Bowden, who's, like, massive. But then, you know, I, I don't know, man. So we decided to talk Charlie Murphy, and we're not going to talk about celebrities on this show that die. Um... But I mean, athletes probably. I mean, we shout out Dan Rooney. He's he's notable to sports. 
And uh, old Billy transitions over here. Speaking of athletes that have died, everybody knows already who we're going to talk about. Young Aaron 27 years old. Peace out, bro. Glad. You saved taxpayers millions of dollars. Yeah. Good. He's uh, he's doubtful for the second half, to use an earlier uh, quote. Yeah. Very doubtful. um, Oh my God! Some of the Will memes not return. Are you know what the sad part about it is, though, and you and I talked about this. I don't. I could care less that he's dead. You know, he's a terrible human being. He he's clearly a piece of, he's a piece of shit. Uh, let's be honest. Let's call he's spade a, a spade. He's, he's a terrible human piece of shit. Evil. So everybody knows that. All right, so we got that out of the way. I I just feel bad for the people in his wake. Like, talk about a guy that's been given every opportunity in life to succeed. You go to the University of Florida at the time at Urban Meyer. Who's a better college coach in Urban Meyer? Not many, maybe Nick Saban. In my lifetime, it's probably just Nick Saban, and that's Saban. even debatable. Harbaugh's up there, but yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer's great. Urban Meyer's great. He's on the Mount Rushmore of current college coaches, right? So then he gets drafted by the New England effing Patriots, the best culture in sports, the best yeah. owner in sports, the best player in sports. is his fucking quarterback, and he squanders that. He's in a Super Bowl. He actually has a chance to move the chains a few times, and he actually drops the pass in Super Bowl Forty Six. You know, he... Every opportunity on the planet to succeed. Every opportunity on the planet to change the whole dynamic of his family. His little girl, who's four years old, an infant, when all this went down, all this crap went down. His daughter was an infant. Less than a year old, right? Yeah. He has he has an opportunity to change her life forever. His The rest of the Hernandez family line altered. You know, in a positive way. I'm assuming he didn't grow up, and I vaguely remember watching something on him right after it happened about his dad dying, him, you know, you know, running with the wrong people after that happened, just turned into a different guy, etc. Full disclosure, my father died. It affected me in a lot of different ways. And I'm not judging him for going into the life that he did. I'm not, because I'm not in that situation. I'm in no position to say what he should or shouldn't have done after his father died. But one thing I'll say he shouldn't have done is he shouldn't have murdered somebody. That he was convicted of, by the way. The other two, he was just acquitted of, obviously. Whatever. So, you know, you you go on trial for the murder of three people. You're convicted of one. You're not a good guy, okay? But it's... Poor and what's crazy too is he was daughter. convicted of the person he murdered to cover up the original murders. So he got off on the original murders, but you know, he still hanging over his head was the conviction of murdering the person to cover up the originals. Right. And it's like, dude, I I feel no sympathy toward this guy. All these people are putting out, oh, what a tragedy, how sad this is. The only thing this is a tragedy for is for the victims' families, for the Hernandez family. And for his adorable little daughter. I feel awful for that little girl. She now grows up without a father. And whenever she hits Google and she types in Aaron Hernandez, she's going to see that, you know, her dad murdered people. Her dad went to jail. Her dad killed himself in jail. You're going to see all these very funny, but, you know, very hurtful memes about her father. Like, I feel awful for that little girl. But Aaron Hernandez, dude... Fuck you. You're a piece of scum. Rotten hell. Like, I feel no sympathy toward that guy. He definitely will. I mean, if there is a hell, if you believe that, that's where he's definitely going. So, um, it also came out a little bit after the fact that he actually wrote John 316 on his forehead in red marker. Um, that was a little bizarre. Um, what that's like i remember the last line of something eternal life i, I don't know i hope it's not. um i have the quote in front of me i believe i and i it's something about uh you know god gave his uh son for our sins i believe hang on pull it up here quick there's religious people pissed off at us right now for not knowing this off the top of our oh heads. yeah the only reason you and you I know, even what? know John's 316 is because of Austin 316. Oh, <laughs> you sit there, said you just... thump your Bible, and it got you nowhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Yeah, that's the only reason I know about it. I'm very far from religious. Tony, that was different. I did. Are you a wrestling fan? A little bit. Big Stone Cold fan. There, what buddy. the hell? Who the who I, knew? I may partake in a bit of the WWE Network, which is only nine ninety nine, free for your first month. By the way, when the hell are we going to make a nickel? Moe's owes us money. I mean, all three of you listening, you better tell them you heard it here on Under the Hoodies. We don't have a promo code, but just just you know, 
when they ask you, just be like, hey, I heard it out under the hoodies. And get, let, let us Yo, get some traction. Vin- Vince McMahon, throw your boys a few bucks here. Let's go. I know. You won't miss it. Yeah. I mean, just give us the money that it would have cost you to fill the uh, generators so you could air an XFL game. Ooh, ouch. Is that too soon? Okay, did you yeah. find this oh, here we go. Or, I was going to say, we're moving yep. on after this. Uh, yep, John 3.16 is written across his forehead. The verse reads, quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that'll probably be the last time I ever quote the Bible. Oh, I will. I'll quote Paul Fiction at some point. Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Um. So that being said, but it's just you know it's so frustrating. We've talked about these athletes before. They get in trouble with the law for uh, domestic abuse, you know, and for, you know for this one for murdering. But it's like, dude, you were given the ultimate winning lottery ticket in life. You're a good looking, athletic. You know, top one percent in the in the nation in the world of athletes. You're in the National Football League. You're playing a sport as a profession. You know, something most people love that would kill for. And you just you take all that and you just flush it down the toilet. Like, you know, it's so frustrating to see. Like, I just I can't comprehend it. Like this guy in 2012. I mean, it was what nine months before the um, he was arrested for these murders. He signed a five-year, $40 million contract. And like you said uh, previously, Bill, that's life-changing money, not only for him, but for his family. And now it's just it all just gets flushed down the toilet. And I've heard some conspiracy theorists out there, and I wonder in a way, was this maybe in some weird sense to save his family financially? Because you knew there were going to be civil lawsuits coming after this. And were they just going to drain his estate dry? And he maybe wanted to try to leave something behind for his family and for his daughter. Right. Um, yeah. And the, and the problem is, is I, I do wonder what it is. is, is I, I'm making a weird transition here, but I do wonder what it is about football players that draw them to violence more often than, you know, not even necessarily the other three major American sports, but like even combat sports, you know, outside of Floyd Mayweather. And there's a few other hiccups here or there with, um, yeah. you know, in boxing or whatever. And I'm sure the percentages would, you know, indicate that, you know, the boxers have as much of a percentage as, uh, you know, football players, but just the mixed martial arts, UFC, you know, you the only real big one that I can think of from the UFC is War Machine. And what he did was, I mean, I don't know how he did murder that poor girl. And yeah. then, yeah, and then Mack, right. And then there's Floyd Mayweather. Um, you know, he's a terrible guy. But then, like, but you never hear about domestic violence. When's the last domestic violence? Um, I guess not even necessarily a rush, just incident in the NBA. Jason Kidd? Is there somebody after that? I know Matt Barnes yeah, sort of I'm, roughed up Derek Fisher or whatever, and then there are things we don't hear about, but just stuff that we hear about, domestic violence issues. Never hear about that in the NBA. Yeah. Never hear about it in hockey. Never hear about it in baseball. I'm wondering the ratio, too, like how much it happens compared to all the sports. Like, NFL is the kingpin. It's the biggest sport, so it gets the most media attention. But I don't think it's just a result of, like, the NFL being super popular that we hear about it more. Because, like you said, we don't – we just don't hear about it as much in these other sports. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I know in baseball there were a couple. Um, I think uh, Jose Reyes had something against him. and then Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. And then and our, um, lo- our love is Chapman, the pitcher, the relief pitcher for the Yankees, right? Yeah, and then you know what? There's another guy, too. There was, um, remember K-Rod, the closer for the Angels and closer for the Mets? He Francisco was in, Rodriguez, yeah. Yes, thank you. I cannot, yep. um, cannot remember his first name to save my life. Um, so, okay, here this does. Here, here's one study. So, one of the NFL's biggest problems off the field is domestic violence. According to the John Shue from NBC News, over the last 14 years, there have been 87 arrests involving 80 football players. A survey of 252 nationally reported criminal cases in one year that involved athletes found that about 14% of the athletes involved were professional football players. Now, this is 252. This is 14% of all cases involving athletes. It doesn't even say necessarily specific professional athletes, but it just says professional football players, which if you take all athletes in this country, that's a significant number. Um, 
So yeah, if you in, go across the board, not just major sports, I mean, like you said, all athletes, 14% is pretty high. 49 in a year, that's one a week. That's that's absurd. So um, compared to 7% of baseball players and 6% of basketball and hockey, 21 incidences between the two sports. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's overwhelmingly football players, and that's just for the reported incidences. I mean, there's a lot of non-reported. Oh, you incidences. know, there's a ton of cover-ups with money, right? And, stuff. I mean, and then we've seen it co- firsthand. We saw it with were- Greg Hardy, where his, you know, uh, the accuser just didn't show up to court, and you know, he got off on the on the legal charges. Yeah, she was freaked out, and rightfully so. I don't blame her. Um, yeah. And then I also think she may have been paid behind the scenes as well. Oh, she definitely was paid. I, I just, there's no doubt in my mind that she definitely made money. And good, she should. She should get all of his money, honestly, yeah. for what he did to her. So, um, so, but there's other incidents. There's just the very obvious Ray Rice one. But did you know about this one about Stephen Jackson before I told you? Before I sent you this about an hour and a half ago? No, so I, somehow that got swept under the rug. Because you think that'd be more high profile. I mean, he's, right. he's running back for the Rams. Like, I he's vaguely, a high profile guy. I vaguely remember this. So it says, in 2010, starting running back Stephen Jackson of the St. Louis, Louis Rams was accused of beating up his girlfriend while she was nine months pregnant with their child. So his former girlfriend, uh, Supriya Harris, said that Jackson forcibly grabbed her arm, flung her against the door, and repeatedly pushed her to the ground. She, Jackson took her to the hospital and told her to tell the doctor she had fallen in the shower. Ten days later, she delivered their child, but the couple separated four months after uh, after he threatened her again. I I forgot about that. I remember it, but I forgot completely about that. That's a terrible one. Nine months pregnant, dude. Tyreek Hill, obviously, we're not going to say here and quantify. Tyreek Hill's girl was two months pregnant. To put it into context, the baby's the size of like a freaking you know, watermelon seed at that point nine months pregnant that's a full-ass baby like that baby was born yeah. 10 days later it's that baby could have been born man. a week before that and been completely fine and healthy he wouldn't know it by looking at me but i was actually five weeks early six weeks early so um i and i was a house i was almost seven pounds and i was six weeks early i was i was a beast oh, you were but, a house bro i was eight pounds six ounces i destroyed my mom on the way out well right but i would have been probably that or bigger if i was born on time I'll oh yeah, true. I'll early as hell. Um, yeah, but yeah, let you bake a little longer. That you have to would have been fine. Yeah, exactly. So there's also the Joe Mixon story. Now there's a girl that um, went to high school with him. Her father said that he beat her up um, in high school and then was hidden away in the principal's office, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's come. And this is a tweet from uh, years, a couple of years ago, I guess. Um, he has since recanted that. And said that that actually didn't happen. So that's a bizarre one. But he's Another case not- too. Maybe right. there was some money exchange under the table. And I I can already hear people probably will come out of the woodwork and say, oh well, the time he seems kind of peculiar. You know, eight days before the draft, he's just trying to hurt him. Well, if Mixon actually did this to your daughter, wouldn't you try to hurt him as much as possible to get back at him? Like, well, it makes these perfect are sense th- to me. These are a couple year old tweets too that people are bringing up now. Yeah. He, he said this years ago, and he came out and recanted it today um, because these are all of a sudden getting a lot of traction. But I mean, um, this dude's already punched out a woman on film, on, on videotape. So where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, you know, we, you know, we can properly assume that this is probably true. The fact that he's already has a history of doing this crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it for a second. It made this story so much more palatable because of that. Yeah. So. I have a question for you. All right, you, you know you're a Cowboys fan. You've had a yes. your team has had a long history of you know Jerry Jones. His heart, so I I I never I never doubt this. His heart is in the right place when he does these things. I just think it's sort of it's sort of you know misguided or he likes to give guys second chances, et cetera, et cetera. I completely get it. Like I said, I think his heart's in the right place. I don't think he's doing any of this stuff to be to be sinister. But no. How would you feel, say you didn't have Ezekiel, you know what, say say what Ezekiel Elliott went through with domestic violence, say it actually came out that that happened and there's videotape of him doing that. How would you feel about the Cowboys taking a player like that, especially a guy of Elliott's stature? Oh, I would feel dirty, I'd feel filthy, I mean, yeah, as much as I want to win, I still have morals, I'm still a human being at the end of the day, you know, like, I, I, you I mean, anybody who knows me personally saw it a couple of years ago when they signed Greg Hardy. Like, dude, I was so vocally against it on Facebook. Like, I just, it just made me feel so dirty to be a fan. Like, dude, like, 
these people are deplorable. I don't want them on my team. But it's like, at the end of the day, if you look hard enough for dirty laundry, you're going to find that on every team. And unfortunately, it's it, it's just the culture of the NFL. It's, it's impossible to stay away from to be squeaky clean, you know? I mean, we, we yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade back at you, but like with your Giants last year, with your, your punter, um, why, why am I skipping it? Kicker, Josh Brown. Um, Josh Brown, yeah. I mean, it, it was deplorable, but you even came out and said it. You're like, I don't like how they're handling this. This guy's a scumbag, a piece of crap. Get him off my team. It made me lose a little bit of respect for Tom Coughlin in the sense that he probably knew about it. I would bet money that he knew about it and still kept him on the team. You know, position aside, I think it's more of a moral issue than a team issue. You know, again, I understand where you were coming from. You were like, you know, it, it it's a kicker to get rid of him. But if it's a quarterback, it's a little harder to do. It really, unfortunately, it sucks that we live in a society where we have to think that. And I understand on some level that the NFL is a business. And if he never physically hurt her, he just roughed her up or whatever, then if you want to split hairs, that's your guys' decision to make. And I'm, I'm referring to you guys as, you know, decision makers in the NFL. Um, yeah. It's your decision to make. But at the end of the day, and I hate using that term, but at the end of the day, you have to literally go to bed and you have to live with that decision. Now... Or I think the line gets drawn is when it's hand to face, physical violence. Like it's just anything like that. Like emotional and on violence. Film, there's no doubt about this with Mixon. I mean Yeah, that was pretty brutal. And the Ray Rice thing pretty brutal. But yeah. I think if there's ever somebody you want to model yourself after after getting an incident like this, it's Ray Rice, because Ray Rice has done everything to clear his name. Everything. And I don't know if it's something you should be proud of because you should never should be in that situation. But I guess if you're starting your life from from that point on, do exactly what Ray Rice has done. I mean, I, yeah. I've not read one negative thing. She married him still. She seems happy with him. Um, so I, I don't know. But I, I do think this, the thing with Joe Mixon, I think that there's a few things in life that are absolute deal breakers. I can't be friends with you if you if you if you slap your girlfriend. I can't be I can't be friends with you if you are you know do what Adrian Peterson did to his kid. I can't be friends with you if you murder somebody, rape, molest child children, whatever. There's yep. there's there's deal breakers. Yeah. Now I, say I, I agree. Now say you're at the bar, you get in a fight with somebody, you beat the hell out of the guy, the guy has to go to the hospital, you're brought up on assault charges. I'm gonna let that slide because that's you know nine times out of ten, that's a fair fight or whatever. I mean, I definitely think that there's you can deal with weed guy, you can deal with with drug guy if he's not your quarterback. You can deal with a lot of stuff with a lot of players, but I think the physical violence against somebody that's an inferior physical opponent, for lack of yeah. a better word. That's where you're a piece of shit in my mind, and yeah, I think you're a that, bully. You're picking on someone weaker and who can't defend themselves. Like it's deplorable, right? And I think the Joe Mixons of the world, I have no tolerance for. I don't have any oh. tolerance for um for uh, uh what's his name on the Chiefs that I just freaking said whose name I can't remember out of nowhere. Um, I, I just have no, I have no, I have no tolerance for that. I have no tolerance for for. For Josh Brown, I have no talents for any of these guys. I mean, if Zeke Elliott did what they're claiming and what the NFL is still investigating him for, which is... Are, do you have any insight on that, by the way, as a Cowboys fan? Why the, Why are they still investigating him? The cops have, aren't even investigating him. I have him. no idea. This is turning into the NCAA's investigation of North Carolina. Like, if there's, if there's something there, just come out with it. Suspend him already. Like, I'm sick of waiting for this. It's been... God, they've been investigating since, what, the middle of last season? So it's been like six, seven, eight months now? I think they've like, been doing it since before. I think he was... When was did they talk about when he was drafted almost? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that, that's when there was there were some question marks about that. So, yeah. Dude, like, but what else? You, you know what's crazy, though? You know what's crazy in the NFL? What Laramie Tunzel did cost him draft, draft spots. And it cost them, you know, a couple million dollars. But for whatever reason, the domestic violence stuff against Zeke Elliott didn't really cost him anything. And yeah. that oh, you're talking about the guy with the bong mask, right? Yeah, yeah, Larry Thompson, yeah, the, the bong, ma bong mask. Oh, I mean, God. it's poor judgment, but he's a left tackle. It's so yeah. weird. It's like if if I was thinking about drafting a quarterback, like if Deshaun Watson had one of those videos, and I wouldn't draft him. But I definitely think there's a different standard for quarterback as opposed to every other position. It was just weed. Yeah, it's just oh, me for sure, and it's just amazing to me too. Like the the impetus that they put on smoking pot versus you know physically assaulting a woman. It's mind boggling to me. Smoke pot four games, you know, choke you know a chick. Maybe you know what's maybe crazy? A game or two. Josh Gordon 
Josh Gordon has been, was suspended for weed way longer than than uh, Adrian Peterson, way longer than Greg Hardy. And Ray Rice, if he actually had some ability left, would probably be in the NFL. I think Josh Gordon has been suspended longer than all those other guys combined. It seems that way, right? So he's, he's been gone for like two years. Yeah, he's been playing since 2014. For like, freaking weed! It, dude, like, why are, why are people so weird it's about It's not even cocaine. Plant. It wasn't cocaine. It wasn't heroin. It wasn't bath salts. It wasn't that K2 shit. It was, it was none of it. It was yeah. weed. It was a plant. It was stuff, it was stuff that, like, every single person that's ever gone to college has at least considered trying. Like, it's just one of those things, man. I just don't understand it. Greg Hardy yeah. gets eight games. Like, come on, Goodell. Come on. Like, yeah. there has to be something. They, um, they, they got to put their foot down, man. And like like you said, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. And Ezekiel pulling down that chick's top, suspend him. I want him I want him suspended for a game or two. Send a message. Like, I, yeah, I can't, message. I can't pick and choose when it comes to this stuff. Like, if I'm going to be so steadfast against it, I want one of my guys suspended. Plain and simple. It's just you, poor... You yeah, do the crime, pay the time, dude. Like, just set that message. Set a new precedent, Goodell. Be better. And the thing, and the thing about that is, it's I, I don't even necessarily know if the NFL should suspend him. The Cowboys should suspend him for a game or two to send a message, yeah. let him know that poor judgment is not going to be tolerated. And you know, the thing that would worry me the most if I'm the Cowboys when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott is if he's influencing our freaking quarterback. That worries me because yeah. not that Dak seems like he's a guy that gets influenced, and I know they're close or whatever off the field, but Zeke has not been working out by a lot of reports over in the offseason. He's been in Vegas, like, gambling and whoring and boozing it up and whatever, and that's fine. That's his yeah. prerogative. He's not the quarterback, so it doesn't matter as much. But, I, man, I'm seeing a huge drop-off season for him oh, this year. Oh, I, this, I predict this a sophomore slump. I just, it worries me, man. That's why I think suspending him for a game or two it might be a reality check that he needs. Like, puts things back into perspective for him. Right, and let him know that, hey, bro, you're not bigger than the team right now. Yeah, Dak. you're not bigger than that star, baby. Nobody is. Dak might be, if he's as good yeah. as he was last year. But Hopefully. that's the thing, though. You don't want, like, again, like I was saying about Laramie Tunsil, anybody but a quarterback. I don't want my quarterback doing that stuff. And you know what? And I think that DUI, a lot like a lot of people, I think I mentioned this on a podcast a few uh, episodes ago, Eli Manning got a DUI in college. Changed his whole perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just maybe that DUI Dak got in college changed him. Maybe he's yeah, like, you know what? I have an opportunity here. I mean, Dak, Dak in five years is set to be the highest paid quarterback in the league if he can, continues yeah. on this trajectory. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Matt. Like, you can make mistakes, but you have to learn from them. Like, I take it from personal experience. I got drunk one night, you know, almost nine years ago. Got into a fight with a kid from a Lafayette. Got planted on the sidewalk, cracked my head open. That was the night I quit drinking. And ever since then, my life's been great. You know, I got two awesome dogs. I've got a really nice house. I, I do a fun podcast with, a, you know, one of my best friends. Like, I learned from that mistake. I moved on from it. Like, that's the same thing with a lot of these, these idiots. And, the, dude, at the end of the day, they have so much more on the line than I do. They're making millions of dollars. They have people, families that depend on them. Like, just. Get it together, man. If I could do it at 22 and quit drinking, like, why can't you guys see the error of your ways and just learn from your mistakes? Speaking of family that depend on a man and, and the Cowboys, what a mature, grown-up, um, why am I drawing a blank, Tyron Smith is. He's an absolute grown-up. Um, if I you love read, that dude. Oh, man, read some of the stuff about his family, dude. Terrible, terrible people. Just yep. suckling suckling at that money tunnel or that money funnel that 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 he is man i feel so bad for that guy but at the same time big boy decision to cut them all off man big boy decision because he you could either be tyron smith or you could be trent richardson you know and uh so big ups to that guy because i don't want i i don't want this to turn into the most negative podcast we've ever done because <laughs> yeah. you know in a little we'll bit we're gonna be transitioning to the nba playoffs and um you know, it'd be it'd be hard for us not to talk about the Celtics and talk about Charles Barkley's comments. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah, big big shout out to Tyron Smith, man. That guy, crazy maturity to cut his family off like he did. Just real sad situation. And the blame game that they play, they don't even have the, I don't know, they don't even have the moral compass to look inward. <laughs> they just blame his girl. And, you know, good on him because he made the right decision to cut them out of his life. 
Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, let's show some our some of our offensive linemen some more love, man. I mean, those are the dudes protecting your franchise quarterback. Like those guys need a lot more play in the media. Do you want me to tell the Lyle Collins story again that I told back in January about Throwzilla oh, and the? No. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go there. People can Google that. I'm sure they've heard it. Yeah, just just Google Throwzilla Lyle Collins. It's it's good stuff. All right. Yeah. And so, if the link takes you to UPorn, you've reached the wrong point. Yeah. All right. So. Um, just a quick reminder to everybody, you are listening to Under the Hoodies. That's Tony DeNicola. I'm Bill Keagle. Follow us on Twitter at Bill K. Eagle, at TonyQs44, at Under the Hoodies, and Facebook, uh, Under the Hoodies Podcast. So, yeah, and real quick, speaking of Twitter, man, I just want to give a shout out and some love to all the people that uh, thoroughly enjoyed my take on the whole Aaron Hernandez situation. I've never gotten so much play from one tweet. On Twitter, ever. I've been on there for, I think, like four years. 46 retweets, 137-something favorites. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels so strongly that Aaron Hernandez was just such a piece of crap human being. So I got to thank all those people. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. So right now it looks like the Eagles haven't closed the door on Joe Mixon. Uh, if anybody didn't hear that, it's me rolling my eyes. I, can, hold on, real quick about Joe Mixon. Can we stop acting like he's this world talent? He's an above-average running back in a in a draft class with that's lousy sh- running backs. Strong running back, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's strong I mean. running back class, one of the strongest in years. Right, so he's like the fifth best running back anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't like that he's getting so much he's so much play. Changer. I don't think so, man. I think Christian McCaffrey, Fournette, and maybe Dalvin Cook. Um, but Delvin I, Cook, by the way, I saw in person when he played uh, against my Syracuse Orange. That guy is a phenomenal talent. That guy, I think he torched us for like 230 yards, like two or three touchdowns. That guy is a beast. Hey, we'd also be remiss not to point out that the Patriots have um, offered Mike Gillisley a uh, a contract and the Bills are unlikely to match. Mike Gillisley is going to run for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns next year. So or, or he runs for... 500 yards and four touchdowns, and they're in the two games against the Bills. <laughs> yeah, or that. You know that'll happen. Dude, like, what is what are they doing with all the running backs, by the way? Dude, they have they signed Rex Burkhead from Detroit. They have James White. They have Deion Lewis. They're letting LeGarrette Blunt go, and now they're trying to get Gillisley? Dude, they are just cherry-picking Bills players. And, hey, when you're trying to decide whether or not to uh, – to, to, to match the offer sheet that the New England Patriots have offered your backup running back, go ahead and Google Chris Hogan and then say, No! You assholes! Jesus, why are you going to let the Patriots do this to you again, Buffalo? The New England Patriots are like the mafia. They're like the godfather. They don't just want to kill the Bills. They want to kill their family, their <laughs> like, cousins. Oh. <laughs> they want to burn their house to the ground. They want to salt the earth. They want to oh, destroy man. every existence of Buffalo. Yeah, the Bill Patriots are just that <laughs> determined to just break Bill's mafia's. Oh my God, man! It's it, Bill Belichick is Kim Jong Un, and and uh, the Bills are like one of those people that didn't pray hard enough uh, when when uh, his father died. Just <laughs> killing their whole family. Just cutting the lineage off. They're like Stalin, oh, man. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So uh, so enjoy that, Buffalo. Yeah. Have fun out there in Orchard Park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, absolutely. Maybe break a few more tables to, to quell your misery. To soften the to soften the blow of uh, getting uh, Belichick. Do you think that's what boyfriends say they're going to do to their girlfriends? Like, hey, I'm going to Belichick you tonight. Uh, I'm sure in Boston they do. All the all the bros out in Boston. All the guys at Barstool. Oh, my God. I love that Barstool is good. Look <laughs> how are going after Eli for this. That's <laughs> so funny. In your head, Boston. We're in your head. You hate Eli. I loved yeah. it. It was so funny because usually I get kind of flustered when people start trashing Eli, especially for this stupid-ass freaking issue that is now no longer talked about which we called uh four days ago but um i do love that uh that barstool went so hard after eli i love that the uh the barstool prez trashed eli it's like that you know we're in their head still it makes me so happy so anything else before we transition to the uh 
to the NBA playoffs? Oh, just real quick. I, I You made me think of it when we were talking about Boston. Um, that guy holding the uh, sign, Atlanta 28 oh, with yeah. three, <laughs> running through marathon. the Boston Marathon. <laughs> yes, that guy's a hero. Oh, big ups to that guy. And then the uh, fact <laughs> that ESPN asked him to use the material, and he basically told them to go after themselves because okay. they the biggest witch hunt ever with the yeah. and Tom Brady. Like, that guy just... I love good humor like that. And that guy just, it was hilarious. If yeah. you haven't seen it, just Google, um, type in Boston Marathon sign Super Bowl. Oh, it's so good. And the guy good. will pop right up holding that scoreboard it sign. It's hilarious. so good. I loved big, it. Uh, um, big ups to that guy. Yeah, hero. Hero. All right, so, NBA playoffs. Yeah, speaking of Boston, whoo boy, the cell's not looking so good. Dude. I don't, the number man. one seed, man. You called it. You called it, Billy Boy. The worst and number I one seed wrong. of my lifetime, man. Worst number one seed of my lifetime. And it sucks because I I actually like what Boston's doing. But as much as you and I both like Isaiah Thomas and the whole situation is really That's, tragic. Oh, yeah. I love the dude. My heart yeah. is for him. That's really, really sad, obviously. But you were looking at the guy you could have had, man. That's like That's like going to prom when you're in high school and you see... You see the nerd dating your hot ex or hot, dating the girl that you had a shot with, but blue. No, the nerd is plowing the hot chick behind the punch bowl. That's what you see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, American Psycho style. He, he's he's pointing at the mirror. <laughs> yeah. He's watching himself in the monitor. That's, he's flexing his bicep. Pointing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and uh, <laughs> it's the funniest scene in movie history, by the way. Um, <laughs> Damn it! I, I did not want to think about that because that you know that what, is... full disclosure. I did that to my now ex. Oh, and she caught me. Come on! Oh and man! She, she looked up and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, "Nothing. I'm Amer- American psychoing it. Get off me. We're done." You look nothing like Christian Bale with your shirt off. Nothing yeah. like Christian Bale. Sorry, buddy. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, speaking of American Psycho, I think that's uh, kind of what the Bulls are doing to... Uh, you know what? You know, no, no, no. I have a better comparison. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Theirs was more surgical, like Dexter, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think... I, I, I really think the series that's sort of getting like that is the San Antonio-Memphis series, where oh, there's nothing you can do, but just, just wait for it to be over. <laughs> like, just hold your breath and just wait for it to be over. Just grab it and growl. Oh my God, David Fisdale, man, simmer down. You were wrong. You were so wrong about the refs being terrible. No, you don't have any scorers on your team. You don't have an elite. You don't have an elite guy that can create his own shot. Mike Connolly's a nice player, right? Nice player, insanely great guy, man. Really interesting family. Really interesting hi- uh, history to his family. Zebo, I love Zach Randolph. That's the best nickname in sports, by the way. I love Zach Randolph, man. Talk about a guy that's changed his life. Read some of the stuff that he was involved in when he was younger, and now look where he's at. The guy just wants to go home, hang out with his kid and his wife. I love that guy. Marcus Soule, great center, deserves in every nickel he has. Tony Allen, the ultimate team guy, right? I like the I like a lot of the aspects of that team. You're not as good as San Antonio. No. You're not the the NBA is not biased to you, biased towards you or against you. Excuse me. Your team just isn't that good. Like that. That's all there is to it. You don't have a Kawhi Leonard. You don't have Greg Popovich, David Fisdale. You're not Greg Popovich. Your team's not good enough. You need an elite scorer. You they need an elite scorer worse than Boston does, and that's the problem. Memphis is never going to get over the hump, and I've loved Memphis for the last six years. I love their toughness. I think they are they at the time were built for the playoffs when they got to the Western Conference Finals against Oklahoma City in 2011. I thought that team was a dark horse the year after, and I was on them for a while. But you're wrong, David Fisdale. You were going to sit there. You were going to be the chick, the blonde chick, and San Antonio is going to be Christian Bale chasing you down a hallway with a with, with a, a chainsaw, <laughs> no the chainsaw. Oh no, the chainsaw! Yeah, wearing they, white running shoes, and that's it. It was and the other hooker. He put the axe into the back too. No, that was uh, Jared Leto um, when uh, oh, when he yes, took him back to his right. apartment, and he was picking on him for having all the plastic, and he was wearing the raincoat, listening to Hip to Be Square, which is. <laughs> God damn it, that movie's funny. Um, it really is. Oh my god, you want a real laugh, Tony? I might buy you the book for uh, for your birthday. 
whatever it is. Um, yeah, uh, that book is hysterical, man. H- hilarious. Um, horrifying in parts, but funny in others. Anyway, so uh, what are your thoughts on the playoffs? You've gotten to watch a lot more playoff basketball than I have. Yeah. Um, so uh, what have you been seeing? I've watched a ton of Boston, Chicago, man, and I've just been blown away, blown away by how bad the Celtics are rebounding. Dear Lord, man. Like, like what are they paying Al Horford for? <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, dude. They, uh, it's so, so bad. They, uh, they were the 27th worst team in rebounding in the NBA this year. Dude, their, their leading rebounder for most of the season up until the very end was Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is six foot two. Are you kidding me? Like, Al Horford is now their leading rebounder. 6.8 per game. Your leading rebounder isn't even pulling down seven boards a game. You're screwed as a team. And then, like, I love Isaiah Thomas, but they're just defending him perfectly. And, you know, D-Wade talked about it, how they're treating him much like they used to treat Derrick Rose. They're putting a point guard on him, and then they're also pulling a double team with Jimmy Butler because he's got that size, that length, and it just, you know, Isaiah Thomas is only like 5'9", and the double team is just, you know, causing him fits. It's throwing him out of their rhythm, out of their game plan, and just... I mean, Thomas is still scoring like 30 a game, but there's nobody else around to help him. You know, how we talked about this earlier in the year, but around the trade deadline, how badly does Boston regret not trading one of those first round picks and getting Jimmy Butler, who's who's torching them right now, or getting, you know, Paul George from Indiana? Like, dude, that's got to be their biggest regret. They just don't, besides Isaiah Thomas, they don't have another dependable scorer, and it's killing them. So um, over the first two games, the uh, the Bulls have out rebounded the Celtics. Um, uh, twenty three is the differential. They've got twenty three more rebounds, which is twenty three more scoring opportunities, which is uh, you know obviously twenty three more possessions, forty six points. Um, yeah. If you're you're only going by twos, uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. And and it's like, why did you bring in Al Horford? Why did you bring in Amir Johnson? Yeah. If if you're not if they're not getting rebounds, you're letting Bobby Portis, Rajon Rondo, D Wade. Oh, speaking of the Bulls, is it just me or is the Bulls making it to the second round of the playoffs just the nail in the coffin for the uh, the winner of the Derrick Rose deal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Uh, it's really depressing, right? Oh, um, God damn it. I hate you, New York. I hate you so much. Hey, who do you want to be a fan of? Like, who who's your new uh, favorite NBA team? Because right. I... Now, what Bill's referencing is we had a long conversation about New York Knicks basketball the other day because, uh, you know, it was out in the media that Christoph Porzingis skipped the, uh, you know, post-game, oh, what do you call it, meeting? Or yeah, like your sex interviews. and accident interview, yeah. Yeah, so Porzingis skipped it over frustration with the direction of the team and where they're going. Can and I point out that you and I both love this move by him, by the way? Oh, absolutely. It's it's his only power move. He's got to do it, dude. Christoph Porzingis is like the next generation of Dirk Nowitzki. The guy mm-hmm. is going to be all world, all NBA, first team. He's the type of dude. He, what is he? Twenty one. You build your franchise around him. And I I talked about this with Billy Boy. If he leaves the Knicks, I think he's a restricted free agent in two years. If he leaves New York, I leave New York as a fan. I can't continue to root for a franchise that just continually screws it up. Year after year after year after year. This team hasn't been consistently good since 99 when they were in the finals against the Spurs. I can't take it anymore. So at some point, we're going to write our manifesto for how, how you Oh, I came up with a name for this. Hold on. I came up with a oh, name for this. Oh, yes. Our manifesto. There we go. Perfect. Our manifesto. We're going to have rules for how a downtrodden fan can switch allegiances from one franchise to another. And I talked about one of the caveats being that you know, I'm a New York Knicks fan. You can't switch allegiances to a historically great franchise. Like, I can't become a Lakers fan. I can't become a Bulls fan. Uh, you know, can't become, a, I'd say, Heat fan. None of the major ones. I'd have to become, you know, like the NBA's equivalent of a mid-major team. But, man, if Porzingis leaves in two years, I am just, I'm renouncing my Knicks fandom. I can't take it anymore. Or maybe I'll just, you know, do what most you know, people these this generation is doing and I'll follow the player, not the team. So wherever Porzingis goes, that's where I'll go. But I just, I, I'm so fed up with it, man. I can't take the Knicks anymore. See, I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm thinking about I'm thinking about maybe becoming a Milwaukee Bucks fan but because I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not a bad choice. Fear the deer, man. 
Um, yeah, I like their color scheme. I like the green. Uh, I just don't know if they'll ever get over the hump. And I wonder if they keep him. That's the thing. I wonder if they end up keeping him. At tough. S- yeah, that's a tough one. Because um, at the end of the day, you're playing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, Milwaukee had a nice squad back in Ray Allen's early days, man. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals against uh, Philadelphia uh, the year that uh, they, the Iverson stepped over to Ron Liu. Um, yeah, I'm going to start doing the th- thing with the player. Like, unless unless the Knicks fire Phil Jackson, which I'd be fine with. Yep. Um, Get rid of Carmelo. But really, the yeah, that's the big one. Get rid of Carmelo. Um a lot like Lala did. You can get rid of him like she did, just to force his ass. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the Knicks can't take half his money. Well, that that's sucks. what happens when you knock up a stripper who now apparently is a med student and going for a master's degree or something. I don't know what's going on with this. But. Should we get her PhD? Uh, PhD. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so, even better than a master, so she's smart. I mean, maybe to step up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um I don't know, man. I, I that's a that's a that's a weird one with uh with uh with those two. He seemingly was in love with her. He, uh, you know, I get you know whatever side piece or whatever, but you don't get him pregnant. Come on, Mello. Um, the only hmm. person LeBron or not LeBron, excuse me, Carmelo is in love with, I think, is himself and the basketball. Like Russell Wilsbrook, Russell Westbrook talked about, you know, his only friend being the basketball. I think that's more so true with. with Carmelo. I think he's in love with the basketball and shooting the damn thing. Do you think Carmelo's uh, in love with himself enough that if he could cheat on himself with, like, LeBron, he would? Oof. It's an incredibly weird question. But, um... I almost think he's hoping he can one day clone himself and make love to himself. While looking in a mirror, American Psycho style. Yeah, American Psycho's getting a lot of play. Um, but yeah, so... I, I, no, I think that, uh, I almost forgot the hell we were talking about it first. We got into the freaking TMZ thing. Um, yeah, fire Phil Jackson, get rid of Mello. Um, if James Dolan could somehow fire himself, that'd be super. Um, or get one of those, like, Russian spies to, like, spray him with that stuff. Uh, what is that? Well, I, you know what? I don't think you can wish death on somebody, but they maybe need to hire. Like, Hire Charles Oakley as like James oh, Dolan's per, like personal bodyguard, and whenever Dolan gets up to make a point, just be like no, no, sit down, shut Man, up, and sit down. Get one of those things from Men in Black and erase James Dolan's memory, and just make him think he's a musician and uh, yeah, get him out of there because he does play guitar. He's in a band, I guess, but. I hate James Dolan, man. Good God. He's not You're Donald evil. Sterling, thankfully, but, you know, not that we need a new another Donald Sterling, but he's as bad of an owner, that's for sure. Yeah, Maybe not as bad he, of a guy, but definitely as bad of an owner. Yeah, because you have one of the greatest, you know, potential future stars in Christoph Porzingis. Let's surround him with uh, a ball hog Carmelo Anthony, uh, Derek Rose, who has zero kneecaps left, and uh, Joakim Noah, who's just an epic douchebag. <laughs> Epic douchebag doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. That guy hates America, but spends yeah. American money and sleeps with American women. Yeah, there's your New York Knicks starting lineup, folks. You know what would be awesome is if we can get Kobe Keith and Joakim Noah in a, in a cage match. That'd be fun. Because um, who loves America more than Toby Keith? Yeah. Uh, anyway, terrible joke. Um, all right, what else do we want to talk about with the NBA? Because we got like eight minutes left. Um, uh, do you know, let's... Let's, let's just, real quick, I'll talk ahead, about the, ahead, the Bulls, and you talked about their rebounding. Dude, game one, 20 offensive rebounds, 23 second chance points. The Bulls won that game by four. And then to just come out and spank them in game two, 111 to 97, on Boston's home floor, like that historic Boston home court. Well, yeah, I mean, historic, not in the sense it's a different arena, but still, like, it's just, yeah, yeah. that's mind-boggling to me, dude. Now they got to go play three in Chicago? Like, I'm sorry, Boston, I'm not... I don't think it even comes back to Boston for Game Six. I think I think Bill the Bulls get him in five now. Um, yeah, I think so too. Um, well, let's see if the next game's on TNT because we know who's going to win. It, <laughs> yeah, Chicago. it's on ESPN. So there's yeah. that. Um, oh yeah, it's on Friday. Oh yeah, and then uh, another NBA point. Um, I don't know if you saw, it, but uh, Warriors may hold out Kevin Durant in tonight's game too because he strained his left calf. Yeah, they ruled him out already. Yep. All right, good. I think that's a good move because the next game's not till Saturday, and sit, I, they've got enough firepower to get past. Sit him for the series, man. Yeah, dude. Just, if I were them, I would just sit him to the damn like you know middle of the Western Conference final just to get him just to get him in some in in game shape, and then unleash him in the finals. Like, yeah, at the very least, him. 
At the very least, sit him until Portland actually wins a game. I mean, I know it's only one nothing, but like I said, Golden Portland only has two legitimate options, and Golden State has you know everybody. A, yeah, a trio, if not a quartet. So <laughs> yeah, um, you like that? That's a college word right there. That's OCC, a big. Baby. That's a big. That's a big Community word. College. Well, yeah. fancy that. Um, yeah. So all right. Um, so well, let's just do a quick, uh, let's just do a quick guess. Um, all right, Golden, St- we both have Golden State winning, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, Tony, Bill, let me write this down real quick. All right, so we both have GSW. Uh, oh, Clippers, Utah, tied at 1-1. Who do you have? I'm going to take the upset. I'm taking Utah, and I think Clippers will end up blowing it up. Shit, I have the same one. Um, that's okay. All right, Houston, OKC. Got to take Houston. I just, I don't think Russell Westbrook's enough. Okay, so he's winning by six right now. Um, yeah. San Antonio, we both. Oh, have San by Antonio. six right now. You know that'll change. It's the NBA. Come on. Okay, you could be up Ch- by fifteen and lose. Chicago, Boston. Chicago. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Washington, Atlanta. That's a tough one, man. That's John Walls look really good, but I like Atlanta too. Flip a coin. I'll uh, I'll take the superstar. I'll take John Wall in Washington. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, Toronto, Milwaukee. This is the real close one, actually. Yeah. Um. I, I got. I have to say Toronto, just because I think they're one of the few teams that has a shot to beat Cleveland. So. Yeah. And then we both have Cleveland. So the only one we disagree yeah. on is. And that kills me, man. Indiana had a couple of chances. They've lost their two the two games by a combined seven points. Yep. So we game might... one, they should have taken them. That that shot at the end was terrible. And I'll tell you what, I'll give. I hate LeBron James, but I'll give him huge credit. The help defense on the double team, you know, Paul George at the top of the key to force him to make that pass. Like LeBron was just smart about it. He's like, you know, there's only three, four seconds left on the game clock. I'm gonna rush out, cause the double team, make them rush a little bit. Bad pass. You know, they're out of position, not running the play they want, and. Led to a victory. I mean, huge ups to LeBron on that help defense. Yeah. How is Dante Axum not playing in the Utah series at all? That's crazy. He's a high first pick, first round pick. Um, yeah. yeah, so let's see here. Uh, Chris Paul, what Chris Paul do? Yeah, 21 10, 2, 3 steals, a block, um, 60% from the field. He turned the ball over at all. Dude, that guy does not turn the ball. I guess he did this time. Five turnovers. Pretty James Harden level stuff. Um, I love it. I love the Deion Jordan or uh, DeAndre Jordan had himself a game eighteen fifteen, only one block, which is rare for him. Over oh, three on free throws. Um, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I, man, I don't like the way this Clippers team is uh, is constructed at all. They, I agree with you. They definitely did to blow it up. Yeah, I think this is it for Doc Rivers and that team. The way they're constructed. I don't even CP3 will be gone. Yeah, I don't even know about Doc Rivers, but I I don't I mean, I think you keep everybody and then I I don't know, man. I think that's a good landing spot for Melo. I think if anybody he can play with anybody, they'll whip him into shape. I mean, he is what he is at this point, but he is a yeah. talent. Like he is a mega talent. He's so gifted offensively. And for a guy that doesn't play above the rim, uses his body a lot, man, he's so much fun to watch for just a just sort of your your traditional basketball player. He's just a lot of fun. I at least for me as a basketball geek, like as far as the game of basketball goes, I, I love watching Melo play. Um, I think playing with Chris Paul, I don't hate, man. And I don't, I'm not a Blake Griffin guy. I'm not really a fan of anybody on that team outside of Chris Paul and Jamal Crawford. I think JJ Reddick does a lot of nice stuff for you, but I think DeAndre Jordan, man, you just can't have him out in crunch time because he's so bad at free throws. Same with Blake. Like, they, they kind of are what they are. Blake is never going to be the player he could have been. Um, and DeAndre is just, he's just a big, he just, that you can't play in crunch time. That you can't win with in crunch time, I should say. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a fan of the way that team's constructed. I'm over them. Clippers can have them. Good riddance. I've seen enough of them in New York. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. All right, Tony, what do you got for entertainment picks? Uh, entertainment picks? I'll just tie in the NHL quick. I mean, if you're – we've said it before, man. Even if you're not into hockey, the NHL playoffs are the best postseason tournament by far. Right. The level of excitement, the level of fun. Go watch the Washington-Toronto Maple Leaf series. I mean, right now, 
It's game four. Toronto's up two games to one, but Washington is winning four to two right now. Yeah. All three games have gone to overtime in this series. So every game has been won by one goal. Game one, overtime. Game two, two overtimes. Game three, overtime. Like, just, it's so much fun. And you've got Washington, who's a perennial underachiever in the playoffs, struggling against this young, scrappy, fun, fast Toronto team. Go watch it. And then another great series. I got to be a homer. I got to talk about my New York Rangers. They tied it up at the Garden last night, two games apiece. Lundquist, the Tendi, amazing in net. They beat Montreal 2-1 to thanks to a Rick Nash game winner. Go watch that series as well. I mean, just playoff hockey, man. Check it out. It's a blast. Even if you don't know a ton about hockey, I think it's one of the most fun sports to watch this time of the year. So that's my pick. All right, and mine is the movie Pop Star with Andy Samberg. Go watch it. It's less than an hour and a half. Came out about a year ago. Um, some hilarious songs, some hilarious cameos. Uh, one of the funnier scenes you'll see in a movie, and it's a scene that involves a limo and uh, a male's genitalia, and that's all I'll say. It's hilarious. Um, Tony, you're going to love this movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, everybody go out and watch it. Um... Also, uh, listen to, hold up, hold up, hold up, all right, what was I saying to listen to, you know, disregard, I'll talk about that next time, because we don't have a lot of time, so, um, yeah, we'll keep that, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later, good talk, Bill, alright, um, uh, yeah, yeah, so don't listen to shit, just go watch Popstar and watch many NHL playoffs, um, <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, I'll give you a quick one. Uh, quick programming note next week. Uh, I think Billy and I are going to try to record Monday or Tuesday. Have it out by Wednesday at the latest. Next week, we're going to preview the NFL draft. Yes. I'm super excited for the draft. This should be a big one this year. We're going to talk a ton about it. And as a special, we are planning to have a second podcast next week. Later in the week, we're hoping to do it live Friday night. Well, live during the second round of the NFL draft. So we can cover, you know, the hits and misses of the first round and just, you know, you can get our live reactions as the second round's going on. So, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Please tune into that. Look for it and hit us up on Twitter. You know, I'll I'll tweet as we're watching the draft and podcasting. Let's you know, I love the interaction with people, I love people's opinions, what we got right, what we got wrong. Just you know, let's see your take from it. Yep. Uh look forward to that. Um and I think the thing that's actually kind of interesting about this uh about this draft is the fact that there's no clear cut number one pick. A lot of times it's almost a foregone conclusion. You know, is it this guy, is it that guy? This year it's like Miles Garrett seemingly seems obvious, but at the same time it's not. And even if he is the first pick, it's a whole bunch of question marks for the rest of the uh, rest of the first round. Like you know, the team needs, but I think this one's a little bit different because there's no amazing, great, game changing talent outside of Miles Garrett, at least that we know of yet. So that's kind yeah. of fun. See, um, to me though, Miles Garrett is the hands down number one. But the problem is the team that's picking number one. You have no idea what they're gonna do. Zero. They're, just, they're Cleveland. They, they might take Mitchell Trubisky number one and just screw everything up. That is a Ugh, that's such a Cleveland move. It's it like, really is. Oh man, um, Tim Couch 2.0, bro. Market. Yeah. Can I tell yeah. you that the you put only... the pressure of being the number one pick on him? He's done. Yeah, the guy could done. beat out. He could beat out whoever the hell the starter was before him for years. Like in North Carolina, yeah. it's not like there's some kind of powerhouse in North Carolina. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't understand this Deshaun Watson thing, man. Deshaun Watson done nothing but win he's done nothing but win he's a great athlete good arm accurate quick release yeah what this is so perplexing to me man this is so confusing he'll probably be like the third quarterback taken too he it seems like he's dropping something i hope i hope he falls Pat Mahomes guy is rising in the draft who that i hadn't heard of this guy until two weeks ago bill o'brien is obsessed what, with him. Texas Tech or Texas A&M? Texas Tech. Bill O'Brien is obsessed what, with him by all accounts. Like, he, I think Bill O'Brien... I think Bill O'Brien is going to trade up and get him. Or, um, sorry, Dean... Did I ever say Dean Smith? Rick Smith is going to trade up and get him, I think. Um, But yeah, we'll talk about that uh, next week, at the beginning of the week. And um, Yeah, we have some strong else? thoughts and opinions on that, so we'll definitely go in-depth on it. 
I hope uh, by this time, sorry, by Friday of next week, old Bill has his uh, Deshaun Watson jersey for the Giants uh, all made and on its way. Really hoping. There you go. I love I, I love Deshaun Watson. Um, so forward to. All right, buddy. Anything else? Uh, no, man. I'm good. I mean, do you want to do the Twitter shoutouts? You want me to do them? Uh, I did them a bunch of times throughout the show, so I'll do them again. Uh, that's Tony Q's forty four. I'm Bill K Eagle at in front of both of those on the Twitters. Uh, under, under the hoodies dot, oh, Jesus Christ, I almost said under the hoodies dot com. At under the hoodies, maybe you should have done these. <laughs> At under the hoodies yeah. to follow the show, under the hoodies podcast on the Facebooks. Um, I'm not making any more false promises about whatever the hell else is happening with our mothership. Uh, just know that when it does happen, we will, instead of previewing it, we will be reviewing it and telling you where to rather than when to. So. That's all you have, Tony. That is all I have. And I am motherfucking out. Wow. That was impressive. Yeah.